You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, and welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today, the business at hand is the business of making movies, making episodes for television, uh, producing film and video, and the competitive world of digital imagery and the highly technical dimension of post-production um, with a range of very advanced technology and the wizards that uh, help to create that imagery. Uh, it's a whole world uh, behind the production. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a group that is based here in Atlanta, Bling, a division of Sim Digital out of Toronto. And uh, I'm very pleased to have as my guest, Brennan Dicker with Bling to talk about his role as a general manager for a highly respected facility um, that here in Atlanta is working with a variety of uh, production groups uh, and this thriving, growing marketplace. Uh, it's got to be uh, very exciting for you, Brennan. Um, Welcome to the program. Let's talk a little bit about what Bling does, and uh, maybe we can start with an overview of the parent company, uh, Sim Digital, uh, which has been around for a while, uh, a few decades. uh, uh, Definitely. And um, uh, tell us a little bit about how Sim uh, evolved and eventually uh, included groups like Bling, uh, production support well, tell us, um, you can define sure. what, uh, what it is that, that, that Bling does, but let's start with Sim. Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me here this morning, Ron. This is a, this is a pleasure. Um, you're very, very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased you're here. Uh, you know, uh, it is the Sim group now, but um, 32, 34 years ago was Sim Digital that started, and it was uh, started by, uh, co-founded by Peggy and Rob Sim in uh, Toronto, and it was started, they they really, they literally worked out of their basement for about six or seven years, um, and they started with one camera, renting a camera out of their basement in Toronto, and, uh, you know, through the years, um, you know, Rob just got a great reputation within the production community in Toronto, and was able to grow that business, and started offices in Vancouver and Halifax, um, and and then grew Sim Digital to a point where they were doing many productions up in Canada and became, becoming quite a name and uh, you know quite well known for what they did. Um, now, if you fast forward 34 years, we're called the Sim Group now, and we comprise ourselves with a number of uh, different companies uh, that includes Sim Digital, Bling Digital, um, Tattersall Sound, The Post Factory, Chainsaw. And Pixel Underground uh, and PS, which is the um, grip and lighting largest grip and lighting company in Canada, so it's become quite a large company, um, especially just in the last uh, three or four years with the acquisitions that we've had. Well, it would seem that um, uh, the Sims were uh, very, very farsighted uh, in that they uh, knew that they could grow and. Uh, this is probably a good point to talk about the symbiotic relationship between the hardware side of the business, uh, which would translate into the rentals uh, from Sim to uh, production companies, but also eventually the post-production side, and how 
a given market uh, flourishes when you have not just productions, but you have those ancillary production support groups like SIM, um, which, you know, I dare say uh, would have played somewhat of an instrumental role in helping Toronto to become a film production capital. And then eventually, uh, when there were productions in Vancouver and they were accommodating those, those production uh, companies, in a sense, they were playing their part in growing the industry in those two marketplaces. Sure, and I guess the you know with Rob starting the company in 1982, what was significant about that was that we were seeing a change from film to video, and Rob had the foresight or knowledge, you know, and probably a little luck to look at uh, you know video cameras uh, the wave of the future for shooting you know uh, projects or programs, and so he was he offered a video camera, which at the time, I mean now we look at it and you know they're all over you know around us everywhere we use them everywhere, but at the time, you know film was still something that was uh, preeminent in 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 our world of production and so with him offering this one camera and you know just with the knowledge of uh you know offering one camera and then building on that and creating uh, a service to where people were coming back and wanting you know more cameras but also i think that what really set him apart from in the business he had this he, he describes it as a ma and pa shop but he he was able to create an environment an atmosphere where people enjoyed you know, coming and, wor- and working with his people that were prepping the cameras and getting things ready. And that really uh, made a difference and made that business grow so much. Well, you know, I was probably one of those people that uh, thought that uh, film was sacred and that video and we, was... We all were at some uh, point, yes. Totally uh, inferior um, just because of the look and feel of video versus film. But, of course... Uh, we've gotten to a point where video uh, can be virtually indistinguishable from from film, and uh, in the early stages, uh, what it translated to w- were productions that didn't necessarily need that look and feel of film, and could be highly uh, cost effective versus film. Is that right? Uh, no doubt. And you know, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I've been in the industry for thirty years, and you know, when I started out film was you know you looked at it as that there's no way that we can find something that can replicate that look and feel and for years you know we'd look at video and there was just a distinct a different look that you could tell the difference i'm um, going to nab national association of broadcasters every year and seeing seeing all the new technology uh, be it in the you know 90s and then going into the 2000s you would see you know high definition you'd see digital and even with high def you know us that are you know uh, professionals in the industry could you could still distinguish it but there came a point and you know technology often does this is that there came a point where a camera came out that that mimicked uh, the film look and was you know priced at, a, at a, accordingly it priced priced very well where they could actually go hey this this actually could work and now I mean now that we look at all the you know different cameras that are out there that are digital it's it's indistinguishable. It's very difficult. I mean, maybe for a director of photography that shot film and shot video, they can see the difference, and there is a, a bit of difference. But for for us that are even in the industry that are on the other side of the camera, we it's hard to tell. You can virtually achieve a, that grainy effect, uh, and you can achieve certain color. Uh, oh, the colorscape, uh, you know, is amazing. And, you know, I think that the when we shot commercials and even when you were shooting feature films, 
the idea was you had to go to a lab, yet you, you, you would shoot all of your film, but you didn't quite know what it looked like. And that was the magic of it. You had to have someone that was really a technician as to, to tweak it and, and make, make sure that in the lab, the lab process that you'd find something that would be really, that would work. Whereas with digital, it was immediate. You know, you can look at a picture and say, this is what it's going to look like, and we can manipulate it in so many ways. Um, and so that changes the speed at which you can get things done. And it also gives you a lot more, um, you know, variety, a, r- a lot more creative choices in a production. And we're going to get into yeah. uh, this this speed of production and the efficiency and how it is that uh, Bling uh, helps production companies to, to be much uh, more efficient. But uh, I, I want to dwell on this for just a moment for, for listeners out there. Uh, I want to offer up an example, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it, because everyone is becoming familiar with shooting their own stills and even motion uh, video uh, with their with their phones... Uh, we, we're all familiar with shooting something and, and then typically needing to lighten, brighten the, the image. What's built into cameras today is that ability to source light in such a way that you don't have to concern yourself with lightening and brightening quite as much. And with film, uh, that was uh, oftentimes a concern in either direction, uh, too light, too bright, uh, too dark. But now with video, in post-production, you can go back and alter it to give yourself more light. Uh, and create that dark moodiness if you want to uh, by, you know, making it darker. Um, And uh, so absolutely uh, film equipment has come a long way, and and that's one of the things that that distinguishes Bling. And I was going to wait to get into this, but uh, in speaking about um, the range of service uh, and equipment that uh, Bling offers to uh, production uh, companies, and I would imagine maybe even a television station now and then might seek uh, out some uh, equipment rentals, but you can tell us uh, about that. Uh, I I would think that um, uh, you're one of the very few uh, post-production Sources uh, that also offers uh, equipment. I mean, and, and true to Peg and uh, Rob's uh, Peggy and Rob's original uh, quest to provide uh, equipment to the industry. Yeah, and I think what makes the company unique, the Sim Group unique, is that, uh, and this goes back to about two thousand nine, two thousand ten, where uh, you know uh, there were three guys up in Toronto, and they created this company called Bling. Um, and that was, uh, you know, Rob, um, I mean, Chris Parker, who is our chief technology officer, uh, Wayne Jennings, who is director of operations for Bling. And they had one other gentleman there who, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember his name now. Are, are those two guys still with the company? Yes, they are. Uh, Manny Rigo was the other gentleman that, that started Bling. But, uh, you know, Chris and Wayne are still with, with uh, Sim Group. And, you know, what they offered was, uh, you know, video assist on commercials in Toronto, and they became quite known within uh, Toronto, you know, creating this service on set um, to, you know, uh, for for various cameras. And when Red Camera came around, that was the the, the big the big talk. It was it was something that was a, uh, you know, just ahead of ahead of the curve as far as cameras. But the workflows were quite uh, difficult to manage on the post-production side. And so these guys were able to create digital workflows that, that made it quite a lot easier. And Rob, 
was running cameras at the time for a Nike commercial in Toronto. It was quite large commercial that they did. I think they had over 50 cameras on it. It was, you know, extraordinary. And he got to know Chris Parker and, uh, you know, saw this workflow as something that they could pro- po- possibly get together and merge or, you know, become one because the camera side is always looking on the production side and he wanted to see a link between production and post-production and this digital workflow might be something that would be advantageous for them to work together on and so they worked together um i think for a couple years and uh you know they finally decided to uh, acquire bling i believe in 2008-2009 and um you know it's been great uh it, it's it's an, it's unique in the sense that you know when we have a production come to us we're able to not only help the director of photography with a camera, but then we show them this digital workflow that we have that makes it more seamless for them to do digital dailies and then get it to post-production. Let's talk about that. Let's drill down here for a moment. Sure. Because I, I think that um, one, one thing that lay people uh, are aware of is, is that there's an army of, of people and a broad range of equipment um, related to uh, visual imagery, the cameras, and post-production. And they know that sound requires um, a a lot of different kinds of equipment, um, but they don't necessarily think in terms of the workflow. They see that army of uh, production uh, staff, but they don't necessarily understand uh, digital workflow. So let's talk about that. We're going to be taking a break. When we come back, maybe you can help to describe what that flow is and then how Bling plays a role in, in making that workflow more efficient. We're here with Brennan Dicker of Bling, a division of Sim Digital, the Sim Group. We'll be back to talk with Brennan more about uh, film production and the role that Bling plays uh, here in the Atlanta marketplace in particular right after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed 
to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Brennan Dicker of Bling, a division of Sim, the Sim Group, uh, formerly Sim Digital, and we've been talking about the role that uh, Bling plays in in a marketplace like Atlanta, uh, and w- we've been referring to what it is that uh, the Sim Group does um, in North America as well. And we'll we'll go back and forth to talk a little bit about. Uh, the relationship with Bling and the parent company and and the other divisions uh, of the SIM group uh, because it comes into play on some projects. But before the the break, we were talking about um, the workflow that Bling uh, helps production companies to um, streamline, to make more efficient. uh, And a lot of people don't think about uh, the fact that... uh, uh, you have uh, newly developing technology, and that sometimes it's not always perfectly compatible. And that's where you come in to help uh, as as a problem solving uh, production support sure. organization. Uh, and also, uh, I don't know that people think in terms of the incredible uh, volume of digital information uh, that has to be stored and then accessed. Uh, some cases virtually overnight, depending on how many cameras are, are shooting, and you know. So, just talk to us a little bit about that that workflow. Well, I think that it's important to understand that you know when we talk about workflow, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about uh, digital dailies that we provide, and what that means is a production will shoot during the day, and they'll shoot anywhere between let's say one to three to five cameras, and all of that footage needs to be processed. And the sound needs to be synced. And so that's what we, we come into that, uh, scenario and we offer a solution to get all the, uh, all of that material synced to sound and, and then, um, you know, various files to the editors that need to edit that, that footage for the next day, as well as archiving that footage. Various files to multiple editors. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and then obviously you, you have to create files that the directors can look at. And, and the directors of photography can look at it on the, and the studio. So you've got a lot of different things going on at the same time here. And, um, the challenge, and it's something that we do quite well, I think, is that we are, as you said, you know, we're, we, we really are problem solvers. I mean, and, and that's, that's film production in general, um, and, and post production is that, you know, a producer, director, director of photography will come to you and say, I want to use this new camera. And you can't, you're, you don't say no. I mean, you have to figure out if, they're having, if, they, if they have a new camera and it has a new system in which there's a new file that has to be created or something, you have to figure out how that works and how to make that efficient and make it work within their production timeline. And so that can uh, – it, it's, a, it's a challenge, but yet uh, we've, we're quite, quite good at you know, solving those problems. Um, by the way, um, Sony has been the name that has probably been uh, – uh, used the most because they were one of the first in with 
quality uh, video cameras, um, are they still oh, a, a major player, the major player? Who are some of the other uh, uh, camera uh companies uh, in play here? Well, I think Sony obviously is still, you know, got a lot going on with it, but uh, Alexa is, is the one that's really come on the scene, um, at, you know, and, and done a lot, as, as well as the Panasonic Vericam. Um, those three, uh, Panasonic, Alexa, and Sony, um, you know, I would say dominate the, the field. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is you've got, uh, you know, different uh, directors, directors of photography that have a particular eye or they have, they like a certain camera. And so they may move towards one camera, but then something new may come up on the scene and they just say, we want to try it. And, you know, we have to always stay up on the latest technology that's coming our way, you know, with that. Not only on the end of production as far as uh, the camera side, but also on the post side and, and making sure that we have the latest, whether it's offline editorial with um, you know, Avid or, or what have you, Final Cut, whatever they want to cut on, as well as finishing tools as to, you know, how, the, how do they want to color this and, and what direction they want to go there. So it's, it's, a, it's very much a moving target. You have, to, you have to keep up with a lot of different technology, and we have a group that does that with the SIM group. So they, they're able to, you know, uh, figure out, you know, what are the trends that are coming up, and, you know, you have to go in all these different directions to, to see how it works. Give us a, a couple of examples, Brennan, of, of, uh, of what you might get in terms of the, the capabilities of a higher-end uh, Panasonic, Sony, or Alexa camera uh, versus um, the lower-end because it's uh, still often true in certain areas of uh, digital electronics that you, you get what you pay for, and, and uh, although there are some extremely capable uh, uh, videographers and, and directors that can get a lot out of a very basic camera. I mean, witness what people are doing with their with their own home cameras. With their yeah. own home cameras. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, what what are some of the new uh, latest uh, developments in, in camera tech? I think you know, and this is this goes you know goes back to it's not only the camera but also the lenses that they that they have. I mean, that's what you know kind of sets uh, a lot of that apart is that you know these DPs are, are using these higher end lenses that we don't the public doesn't necessarily have because they're very expensive and those are things that we provide. Uh, but to back up a bit on that, you know, the thing that we see is um, the the advent of 4K, 6K, 8K technology, and what that means is it's a very higher resolution. And so, as you as as we see in the consumer world, you know, we had uh, HD come out, high definition, you know, monitors, and everybody was excited about that. And now we've got 4K that's coming out, which is even a higher resolution. And as people buy these 4K monitors, or I'm sure they'll go up to 6K, 8K, you know, it's going to con- continue. That people will want to see something shot in 4K. They don't want it to be shot. It won't be shot on HD anymore because that'll be a lower resolution. So just alone in expanding that resolution, you have to have a lot more file space, a lot more data needs to be stored. And that goes across your timeline as far as your workflow from when you're shooting, you have to have much bigger drives because you're, you're, you're shooting with a lot more information. And then pushing all of that information through dailies and then through the post process all the files get bigger. Everything is expanded. And so that in itself, it not only takes hardware, but it takes a mindset as to how do we transfer all this, how do we transcode all of these different files um, to make something that works. And on the back end, on the archive side of it, the LTOs, and I guess, uh, again, I want to 
preface the LTO technology is is basically an archive process to where um, you know they can archive footage or archive shows on a linear tape um, but when it started in 2000 I think they were at they could archive 100 gigabytes and the latest LTO technology I think in 2002 was the LTO or 2003 was LTO 5, LTO 6, which could do 2.5 gigabytes. Now we're looking at LTO 7s that do in upwards of 10 to 15 terabytes of information. So it, it, it the technology is moving forward for us to, to grow, but it, it, it's a constant – you're constantly running – to the next uh, the next stage. What is uh, LTO? Uh, linear tape open LTO, I, I believe so. Linear tape open. Yeah, right. and, yeah. And it's it's a tape storage. Technology. It's tape storage technology. Yeah, and 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 it's it you know, back in the day we used to archive on film, and that would that that was a you know we could archive uh, movies and 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 projects on film that would last anywhere they say I think fifty to to hundred years time. LTOs can go I, I believe up to thirty years. Now, how has this uh, um, capability for shooting higher and higher resolution um, video impacted uh, technology in the post-production side? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, it just becomes, you know, you you have to figure out, um, you have to have higher render speeds. I mean, everything is, you know, and, and it's also the immediacy that people want things. You know, where you know you don't have as much time anymore because people want things now. And right. so, when you're when you're transcoding files, when we still have the same do- deadlines to meet, we just have bigger bigger files that we have to now transcode and get done quicker. And so there's a there's a demand that you have to figure out. Okay, how do we make this work within the timeline that we're talking about? We're using a much larger camera. Much more data is being pushed through. How do we how do we create something a, a workflow that that gets us everything we need in the time we need? And that's a combination of um, you know using different equipment or or keeping up with that equipment or creating something new. Just the archive management alone um, uh, has got to make a, a big difference in uh, the speed of production and even the quality of production um, by maintaining. Uh, Archives that uh, editors can pull from. reference and pull from. No doubt, yeah. Um, you know, I shoot lots of uh, stills, and I I, I tend to want to use uh, smaller media cards um, uh, so that if I were to lose it, um, everything wasn't all on on, on, a, on a sixteen meg card. Um, and I have difficulty keeping up with yeah. my cards. I, mean, I can't even <laughs> imagine what it's like. Uh, on well, the industrial scale, and keep up with it on you know a series or on a, a large feature. I mean, you also want to make sure you're backing up everything, you know, double, triple backups on everything. So if you do lose that material, you have it somewhere. And you mentioned, you know, uh, I, I, I dare say that a lot of episodics uh, probably are shooting with. You said one to three or five cameras, somewhere in there between one and five, um, more so than just one or two cameras. Uh, uh, we and we have features. I mean, I, I you know there. Uh, I know that uh, we we just uh, helped with the world of World of Warcraft, which is coming out um, soon, um, and that was something that, that they had much more than you know they they would use multiple cameras, but I'm talking, you know, 10, 15, 20 cameras on, on the set. So th- th- this is, uh, you know, for an episodic, generally speaking, you're not using as many cameras unless you're doing an action scene, which they'll, they'll take out, you know, uh, more than, you know, two or three cameras at a time and may do five or ten cameras to, to capture what they need to capture. 
We're going to be taking another break. Uh, when we come back, um, I'm going to have you actually mention uh, some of the other productions that uh, Bling and the Sim Group uh, have um, have helped in the production of uh, either on the equipment side or on the post-production side. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about this marketplace and we'll talk about some of the other things that you're doing that are related to uh, the industry. We're here with Brendan Dicker of Bling Digital. Uh, and we'll be talking more with uh, Brennan about uh, Bling and Sim, the Sim Group right after this break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we've been talking with Brennan Dicker of the Bling Group, or, or rather uh, Bling Digital, Bling Digital, a, a division of the Sim Group, uh, formerly Sim Digital. Um, the Sim Group has a, uh, a number of uh, firms under the umbrella, uh, independent uh, uh, divisions uh, that that are also uh, interdependent, and, and, and we're going to have Brennan talk to us a little bit about um, those different groups and their interrelationships and some of the projects that they've been working on, because right before the break we... we 
I said that we would talk about some of those productions, and really, it's a very impressive list of productions. Definitely. Uh, d- names that people will be familiar with, and in some cases, uh, names they might not be so familiar with because they haven't yet uh, been made uh, public, uh, although there's widespread knowledge within the industry that something is in production or about to uh, be broadcast. Um, Tell us about uh, some of the different divisions and some of the different things that some of the different groups uh, under the SIM uh, group umbrella um, are working on. Sure. And, you know, I want to stress that, uh, you know, uh, Rob has been great at, and and the the senior executive team has been great at pointing out, you know, companies that make uh, the brand stronger and ones that work for us in the industry. Um, You know, we are the SIM group, but with under that umbrella, there are a number of companies. And just as um, Bling joined uh, SIM Digital, you know, you know, in 2009, 2010, you know, we, we've been able to acquire companies or, you know, and, and merge companies that really work for us. And in the sense that, you know, Bling brought this digital workflow, Sim had the camera side. What we really needed next was um, more of a presence on the finishing side. And when I mean finishing, I mean like by color correction, editorial, those kind of services. And so that allows us to go into you know a studio or a network and say hey if you can if we can bundle all these services we can use camera we can use dailies we can use finishing and that gives them a package that they can look at and say you know you can do all of this for us and so that's ideally that's what we're going for but however again it's one of those things it's relationships and so some a director of photography may be very comfortable on doing camera with us but may want to go somewhere else to do finishing and, and we're fine with that but I think the the, the company itself we We've moved, we've moved towards these deals of be, being a place, a, a, you know, a one-stop shop per se, as to what we're trying to do. But well, we, I'll tell you, uh, Rob uh, and, and Peggy yeah. um, certainly um, must be um, uh, not just far-sighted uh, in the way that they've uh, grown the business, but they, they must be uh, well-regarded. Uh, their reputation, I'm, I'm certain, must have preceded itself uh, to be able to grow the way that they have. And it seems to me they've grown in a very smart way, very, very organically. Very organic. And I think that that speaks to I, I just have to say that, um, you know, I've been with the company for the last couple of years, and it's the environment within uh, Sim and within Bling that makes us unique. And I think that that shows through when you're with clients. I mean, we're it's a very much a relationship-driven business, uh, film and television production. And, you know, when you have a client come in, a director of photography or director, you're hoping that they get a good feeling of coming into our space and seeing our people and, and work working with them. But I think that that overall feeling is unique. And, and when I go back to saying, you know, Rob started as a, a ma and pa shop, you know, which, which he describes as to me, which he has before in the past, he's been able to retain this kind of, uh, 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 you know, feeling of uh, camaraderie and and we family, fam- yeah, yeah, I would say that, and I think we've we've still been able to um, retain that to some degree, even though we've gotten so much larger. But let me get let me get to some of the you know names yeah, tell of, us, of, tell of us about. In fact, uh, especially there's the big two, or at least my perception uh, 
Chainsaw and Post Factory. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chain, Chainsaw is on in Los Angeles, and it's a well, very well regarded, well respected uh, uh, post facility. And you know, just to add a couple things that Chainsaw is working on. Um, obviously, we have finishing for Game of Thrones, which is HBO. Um, the, the Leftovers, another HBO show. Um, they also work with the Academy Awards. Um, another little show called American Idol, um, and the comedians. Um, just to name a few. Again, there's also Scorpion, Jane the Virgin, Madam Secretary, The Family, Pretty Little Liars, and Being Mary Jane. Those are all finished at Chainsaw, and we're all very proud of those shows. Uh, Post Factory in New York, um, which just came on board this past year, um, they've completed uh, Spotlight, uh, Hail Caesar, which is the Coen Brothers film that's out right now, and a little uh, show called uh, Zoolander 2, which will be coming out this weekend. Um, as well as Oppenheimer Strategies. And they, they also do a lot more than that. I'm just, again, I'm just trying to, these are large brushstrokes uh, of trying to get through all of this. Um, another uh, place we have is Tattersall Sound and Picture in Toronto. They, they do all the uh, sound mixing, and they, they have Rain, Penny Dreadful, uh, Fargo, and Vikings is running through their system right now. Uh, Pixel Underground, another place that we have, have a, a number of reality shows, American Pickers, uh, Gangland Undercover, Property Brothers, um, The Quest for Gold. And then, obviously, you know, Bling, who... Uh, who is the division I'm under? Um, we have we're very proud of uh, Narcos, which is what we do out of Columbia for Netflix, as well as uh, it, locally here we have uh, Containment. Um, that's a show that's coming out on Warner Brothers this spring, um, as well as the originals. Another series that we do here in Atlanta is called Rectify um, on Sundance. Great show, and you know, uh, and as well as being Mary Jane for BET. So again, all of these different uh, titles, um, you know, we we're able to touch a lot of different episodics and features that are around the world. And I, and I do want to stress that you know. Not only are we North America, but wherever the productions are going, we're going with them. Um, we did help out with uh, Bling helped out with Dominion in South Africa this this past year, and we've we've done a number of shows, not only in South Africa but uh, Israel and um, and a, a number of other countries and China. So, whereas um, you are not um, uh, on set um, with personnel, you're. You're on set in terms of some of the equipment that's provided. Definitely, uh, But yeah. you do uh, what is called near-set uh, support. Tell us a little bit about that. Let's say you're in South Africa or in South America. Uh, sure. Yeah, well, it, you know, we have um, – there's a, usually an office that's set up or we're in the production office of, of certain uh, episodics and features. And so it allows, um, you know, uh, whether it's a DIT or DUT, and that's a, a technician on set that's helping with color – um, they'll save everything to a drive or we'll get cards from a camera that will be driven to near set or, you know, walked depending on how, how far the distance is. And that's where we can set up a shop to do dailies and, you know, on, you know, near set rather than on location or not on, rather than at one of our facilities. And so it allows us to be a little bit more mobile. Um, and, Allows us to do, you know, to go to these different countries and work with our with work with the productions. And, it, and in some cases, you might be working with a post uh, production facility, uh, let's say in in South Africa, or 
Uh, it could be that um, piping it to LA or New York might be going to LA or New York. Right? No doubt. Yeah. And in fact, we work with most of the major post facilities. I mean, obviously, we love to work with our own with Chainsaw and Post Factory, but um, you know, we we work with many other finishing houses uh, around the world. But yeah, that that's part of it, and that's part of the technology you have to have as well that you have the bandwidth to pipe all of this footage back and forth. Let's talk about Bling here in Atlanta. Um, you know, this program, which oftentimes draws uh, from various uh, organizations and professionals here in the Atlanta marketplace because it's such a great microcosm of what's going on uh, in the U.S. Um, and North America, uh, for, that exi- uh, for that matter, uh, Tell us about what this office does vis-a-vis your role as general manager because you must wear a, a lot of different hats, and, and, and my guess is that you were hired because you had that capability. So tell us a little bit about um, what your day, your week, and or, or your month is like and uh, the different things that you um, um, do to support the operation. Um, that's a good question. Um I, uh, I, I'm, I'm the general manager, and I guess that, 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 you know, it is wearing a couple different hats. Um, you know, I'm, you know, in charge of operations for the facility. Um, uh, but also there's a, you know, um, there's also the idea of bringing the word out about us, about Bling Digital, about the SIM group, and getting that, uh, more well, get that brand more well known in the Southeast. It's such a, preeminent brand in uh, in Canada and everyone knows it there and obviously uh, New York and LA we've 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 started to have a, a footprint there as well and people are getting to know our name even more so uh, you know I I spend a lot of time you know talking about uh, the sim group and bling digital and and getting the word out but also meeting with clients um, that are here locally that productions that are coming in that we make sure that they know they're aware of our services and also uh, I spend some time in Los Angeles um, um, at least probably four or five times a year going out there um, just to, you know, meet with clients that I've, that I've worked with in the past, but also just to stay up with people to let them know about um, all of the good work we're doing here in Atlanta. And and let's, 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 again, operationalize this just a little bit more. Let's say that you go out and you're talking to somebody at Warner Brothers and in uh, LA, and in a sense, you're 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 put into a, an almost sales and marketing role. Then the work that you did to help support the brand uh, comes uh, somewhat into play, you know, a reputation that precedes you and, and also a network uh, of, of contacts. Um, you have to be, and you do have a production uh, a, a production background, mm-hmm. so y- you can talk the talk, and y- when you're talking about the ways in which you can support uh, a Warner Brothers production, um, there's not only uh, a discussion of uh, technology, uh, you know, of technical support, uh, but there's budgets associated with that. So you probably work on budgets as well. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes, yeah. I mean, that's one of the hats that you wear. No doubt. And I think it is It, it is very helpful. I mean, being in the industry, and, and this industry is not a linear career, at least for most of us. You know, we, we go through these different stages. And, you know, fortunately, when I was younger, you know, I had the production bug, and I wanted to direct and produce and had an opportunity to do that when I was in Chicago. And, you know, I started as a, as a PA when I was 17 years old. So, you know, throughout all of this uh, uh, you know throughout my career I think it, it certainly helps to be in a room with a producer or director and you get a better feel or director of photography you understand uh, their concerns and and the things that they have to go through um, whereas if you were just someone that was in business that didn't understand that it, it would be difficult for us to get 
you know, get closer to them and understand what they're doing. I think that that's a key element to uh, Sim has hired all these people in the industry that have all this industry experience. And so that certainly helps us with the relationships. And in order for us to get jobs, it's a, it's a really combined effort of, um, you know, uh, people that we know, but also uh, all of what we can do for them and, and, you know, convince them to do that. What um, what has the uh, arrival of uh, some of the big uh, studios like EUE, Screen Gems, and, and Pinewood Studios uh, done to this environment, uh, whether you are working directly with either those two studios or the Tyler Perry uh, organization? Um, what has uh, the arrival of these, these, these major production facilities uh, done to um, the, the workload of bling? And, and we're going to be taking a break, but when you come back, maybe you can share with us a little bit about um, what that's done to accelerate the growth of, uh, of uh, movie production and episodics uh, here uh, in Atlanta and in the southeast. We're here with Brendan Dicker of Bling, and we'll be talking more with Brendan about what Bling does to support the uh, film and and, uh, motion picture uh, business, uh, episodic uh, production here in the Southeast and in Atlanta, right after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Brennan Dicker of Bling, and Bling is a division of Sim, the Sim Group, uh, formerly Sim Digital. And we've been talking about uh, the various uh, divisions of uh, Sim Digital, just sort of a broad brush overview, because, of course, uh, Brennan, as the general manager of the Bling uh, organization here in Atlanta, uh, has his plate full 
uh, accommodating production uh, in and around Atlanta, and we were talking about some of the major studios that range from uh, EUE Screen Gems to Pinewood Studios to Third Rail, uh, Tyler Perry, um, uh, even the Eagle Rock uh, Eagle Rock Studios. studios. That's correct. Um, and uh, and then you have television stations, of course, uh, uh, that you. Uh, May support. Are you working with some of the local uh, television stations at all? Not not local television stations, but obviously we work with Screen Gems and the other studios um, with productions that are coming in. So more on the uh, the on, on the side. episodic and feature side, yeah. And I think that it's it's key to note that you know when you have uh, Screen Gems or Pinewoods of the world that are saying we're going to invest in in creating studios in a place the you know the studios in LA and the networks in LA really take notice of that and they realize that they're putting you're putting an infrastructure and that is a, a, a really good thing for Georgia you know um, I had a recent conversation with someone uh, when I was in Wilmington in fact uh, uh, my wife has family there and some of them work in the industry out of the Wilmington studios which is screen gems which is screen gems yeah. and, and they um, they were lamenting the fact that um, Somehow they had missed the boat um, in terms of uh, sustaining uh, tax credits and being competitive with uh, Atlanta. And I, I said to them that I thought that it was more than just tax credits, that there had been a momentum building um, here in Atlanta, that that certainly that offering tax credits was an accelerator, but that there was a community of uh, seasoned uh uh, production and post-production, and you know, you worked with a group here, Crawford Communications. That's right. That had an excellent reputation uh, f- uh, for post-production here, and that was long before there were tax credits. Uh, no doubt, when they started. Yeah. So, th- 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 there, do well, you agree there was some momentum building? Well, we've had a history, and this goes back to, and, and this is not. I, I haven't been in Atlanta. I've been in Atlanta for about thirteen years now. Um, the history of film in Georgia. I mean, if you look, if you go back to the '70s, you had Burt Reynolds, The Deliverance, and a number of films that were shot here. Sharky, 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 yeah, Sharky's yeah. Machine. And so, when you look at that, and we were the first state to have a, I believe, to have a film office. And so, there was a lot of production that went on in the '70s, and then obviously, you know, uh, production went away for a while. Um, you know. 80s, 90s, but what happened was you had Ted Turner come in and have an anchor at Turner with CNN and was able, that Atlanta kind of became this uh, became known for Turner Networks for CNN, and that was an anchor unto itself, but then, uh, you know, with this and this happened in, you know sort of 20 years ago, there was a group called Georgia Production Partnership here in town, which I'm a part of. Um, they were, you know, uh, people in the industry that wanted to see film come back and, and production come back. And there were a lot of people that were in L.A. that had served on production in the 70s that were, you know, had very successful careers in Los Angeles and New York. And so when uh, when these individuals got together at Georgia Production Partnership, they started talking about how could we bring more movies and episodics back to, to Georgia, and that really kind of spurred on um, the incentive that we have today. Well, and you had people behind um, the promotion of, of, of tax credits for the industry. Um, we've been fortunate to have Rick Wright's on this program to talk a little bit about that that evolution and some of the work, and Rick uh, was instrumental in that as yeah, well. Uh, and uh, you know, and and he wasn't really blowing his own horn; he was just matter of factly telling us about some of the folks that were instrumental in in uh, in helping to grow the industry. And 
uh, although I seldom promote an upcoming show, we will have next week Lee Thomas with That's great. The, the Georgia uh, Office of Economic Development and the office within uh, Georgia Economic Development. The uh, film office. Film, video, music, and digital entertainment. And we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, this marketplace and, and the larger competitive industry and the role that Georgia has played so that we have some key uh, individuals and organizations that have been orchestrated, I think, a little bit better, been coordinated so that uh, um, it's promoted the industry and the tax credit was certainly a major bonus and an accelerator. But um, I think there's been a history here. Yes, there has been, and that 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 will hopefully, you know, move us forward in the next uh, five to ten years. As far as, you know, obviously to keep keep an incentive like that alive. But if you look at, you know, my brothers and sisters up north in Toronto and Vancouver that have, you know, t- various tax incentives towards film and television. But if you look at how the industry has grown in, in both Toronto and Vancouver, you know, we they saw production go in, and this is this is this has been going on for twenty years now in the, in those areas, but they had production and then as people moved up to those cities now you have a a thriving post-production community in toronto and vancouver and visual effects especially in vancouver so i see this you know as long as we can keep the incentive going this will lead more and more people to move to georgia and 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 actually be based out of here and you look at tyler perry i mean a good example of someone that is actually here that's local and he's creating content that's distributed worldwide and we talked about stages uh, uh, while we were uh, off air. Uh, the building of stages, E Screen Gems, Tyler Perry, uh, Pinewood, uh, and the other studios we mentioned, those stages, uh, which uh, give a permanence mm-hmm. to production and post-production here uh, in Atlanta, mean uh, that there will be an army of, of technical support people. No doubt. Uh, and so rather than import those folks from L.A. and New York and Toronto and Vancouver, um, some of those folks are now here. They're living here. And and one of the reasons, and people, I think, tend to forget this, is that those tax incentives were, were offered uh, knowing full well that you'd have uh, billions of dollars mm-hmm. generated and that yes. you'd have this army of people uh, paying taxes yep. uh, and uh, the companies themselves um, that um, offset those incentives and really uh, enhance the economy overall. And, and we'll drill down again next week. Um, but... Uh, I want to turn to a moment. Uh, but I just want to—I just want to add that you know I—I I am a Georgian and my wife is from Georgia. My my kids were born here, and so to say, I, you know, I just want to make a point that there are thousands of us that are here that are that are local, that are you know are going to stay here. I mean, this is this is our this is where we this is where we live, and I think that um, what's exciting to me, um, you know, I I work with Savannah College of Art and Design, and uh, you know, when I had to tell students ten years ago that they had to go to L.A. and New York to do, to do the business. They had to. That was just the reality. But now I can I can talk to them and say, hey, you you can do your first you know couple of years here. You could stay here for your career because of all the work that's going on. These and that's folks. exciting to me to make to have have that type of growth and be able to promote the state that I live in that I that I love so much. Right. The, the investment of millions and millions of dollars on the parts of these studios. Uh, means that the industry is not going away. Atlanta did not no. become the third highest concentration for uh, film and video production uh, in North America uh, overnight. No, it and, did not. And, no. and that what you're talking about is that uh, it's going to be around for a while. And then the one thing I was going to 
turn to, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned that you are uh, the chair of the Atlanta Advisory Council for the Savannah College of Art and Design. Tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved with SCAD. Um, you know, I was very fortunate, um, gosh, I guess it was about seven or eight years ago, uh, SCAD, which is Savannah College of Art and Design, uh, have a campus here, SCAD Atlanta, and they started it about eight years ago. And so they came to me because um, uh, at my previous company that I worked for, Crawford, um, you know, we had hired a number of SCAD grads. I was very impressed with the, the students that they had coming out of that college. And so they said, hey, we're, we're starting a school here. Would you like to be involved? And, you know, it's been a great affiliation. I think it's a great school. It, it, it certainly is uh, something where you know students are getting real world experience, and they can uh, they can stay here in Atlanta. They can go to Savannah. They can go to Lacoste. They can go to Hong Kong. Those are all the different campuses that SCAD offers. I, I also I would be remiss if I didn't mention that that you're the chair of the government relations committee with the Georgia Production Partnership, yep. and that you're also on the steering committee of the largest, the world's largest Atlantic the world's largest Jewish film festival, which is the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, and that it's it's currently running. One of the it is. I wanted to make sure I, I had you on before the uh, uh, the uh, festival uh, was concluded it, it is because here is a tremendous collection oh. of, uh, of films that are uh, being shown at this film festival. It's remarkable. You know, Kenny Blank started the festival 16 years ago, and I think that there were about 1,900 people in attendance, and now we're seeing uh, over 38,000 people come to the festival each year within 23 days. We had about uh, we had 77 films this year. Um, I, I certainly wish I could have uh, seen more films. I think just because of my ca- my schedule, it's very difficult to do that. But uh, some of the award-winning films we've saw, I did see, which, which one was called the um, uh, Remember, which, which was a, a film that. Um, that was the debut, and that was with um, uh, Christopher Plummer, um, who's 90 years old and just did an uh, amazing performance. Um, so, But there's so many good films to see, uh, a lot of documentaries, and I would encourage everybody out there that's at least in the Atlanta area to go see that and there, promote there, there support are it. films on my, uh, my list, Cavajo's Journey, uh, Naked Among Wolves, The Kind Words, The Gruninger File, and Atomic Falafel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it, just good luck and getting seen all of them. But yeah, yeah I, no, I it's great. I'm going to get to see all of them. They're <laughs> exactly. just uh, on my wish list. Yeah. I want to thank you, uh, Brennan, for being on the program today. Well, thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. You helped uh, shed some light on, on the industry and uh, and shared with us uh, what it is that Bling does here uh, regionally to uh, support the industry. We've been with Brennan Dicker, uh, the general manager for Bling here in Atlanta, a division of Sim Digital. You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Rep. Web Radio, we're on from 10 to 11 on Fridays. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on the radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.